Spirit since, well, since January, when we began the series, uh, the year-long series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, this, is, this is the one. This is the one I was going, yeah, man, that's, that's where I want to get. That's really what I want to talk about. Not that the other stuff's not important. The other stuff's very important. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit's where, it's, where it gets so real. You can't fake that. Uh, would you stand with me? We're going to read a brief passage from Galatians chapter 5. We're actually going to read a little bit more than what we will be reading most weeks, but uh, I'll tell you why in a minute. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would quicken us, that you'd quicken our hearts, that you'd quicken our minds, that you would quicken our spirits so that we might be shaped into what you want us to be today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The Acts of the Sinful Nature, now that's the one that we won't normally be reading but I wanted to touch on it this week because this week is sort of the foundation. This is, this is the let, let's get into this thing concerning the fruits of the Spirit. The acts of the sinful nature stand opposed to the fruit of the Spirit. And so when the acts of the sinful nature are present in our life, you understand that what's going on is working against what we're trying to get to. One thing about these acts of the sinful nature, there's about seven of them up there that we agree with. Sexual immorality, yeah, yeah, boy. Impurity, absolutely. Debauchery, whatever that is, yeah. <laughs> Sounds bad. Idolatry, witchcraft, those witches, yeah, go, go get them. Drunkenness, orgies, yeah. I mean, we look at the course. But hidden in the middle of those are some other things that we have a tendency to sort of white out, if you will. Uh, that would be hatred. Hmm. It's just not ever okay. Say, so, well, God hates something. God, God. When I was a little kid, uh, there were things that my parents could do that I couldn't do because I couldn't handle it. You know, I. I don't know if Isaac's back in the room yet or not, but when he was three, he tried to drive a car. Didn't work out very well. No, not, not at all. And, and so when God hates, he hates the things that are destroying us. He doesn't hate us. You know, and we, we, we really can't handle it. And it's never okay. I don't care, I don't care, if, I don't care what, how they dress. I don't care if they wear a turban and a veil. I don't care how they vote. I don't care how, what teams they root for. Uh, you know, it's never okay. It's just not. It's an act of the sinful nature. Discord, jealousy. <laughs> Who put that in there? 
fits of rage. Now, you know, we kind of understand that, but that's okay because we don't ever have fits of rage. We just get frustrated. <laughs> Selfish ambition. Thought, thought ambition was a good thing. Well, it depends on what the ambition is. You know, if your ambition is to go to the cross in obedience to your Father to bring salvation to the world, that's a good ambition. If your ambition is to lay down your life for somebody else and serve them, that's a good ambition. Selfish ambition is a different thing. If your ambition is to make all the money in the world you can possibly make, it doesn't matter what it costs anybody else, that's an act of the sinful nature. Dissensions, factions, envy. You know what envy is? Probably don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Envy is when you look at somebody else and go, why, why, why didn't I get that? Why did they get that instead of me? I'm smarter than he is. I work harder than he does. I, I'm better looking than he is. Yes. So why did he get the promotion? Why did, why, did he, why did he make more money than I do? Envy. These things are the, the acts of the sinful nature. It's not a contest to see which sin is worse. They're all indicators of the sinful nature at work in our lives. And we should, should be aware of that. But what we're really talking about is, is, the, is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of the presence and the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. That, that, is, that is really when you know this person's filled with the Spirit. This person has the Holy Spirit working in them. When you see the fruits of the Spirit beginning to happen in their lives. And I want to touch on a few things that we tend to look at as spiritual indicators. And they aren't necessarily spiritual indicators. In fact, some of them aren't. Some of them are to some extent, but, but some of them aren't. And the first one that I want to look at very briefly is, uh, is knowledge. Because we have a tendency to think that if... Uh, well, first of all, I mean, everybody knows that some people have a lot of knowledge and deny the Spirit, deny God altogether. But let's, let's take it another way. You know, if somebody knows a lot, seems to know a lot, uh, they can quote a lot of scriptures and things like that, there's a tendency to think, boy, that's a spiritual person. It's got going on there. And sometimes they are. However, I'll have to say that some of the most difficult people I've ever had to deal with, some of the most counterproductive people I've ever had to deal with could quote Scripture prodigiously. I mean, it just would kind of pour out of them. Uh, and, and, it, and it seemed kind of strange. How many, somebody here, I'm, in the first service, we didn't have anybody who knew this and could correct me on it. Somebody, is it pendactic or pendantic? Pedantic? You say dantic, I say dactic. Yeah, it's that way. You know what the word means? Okay, I didn't either, but I looked it up uh, because I thought it was an interesting word that I wanted to see what it meant. But I remember looking it up a few weeks ago, and literally what it means is someone who is, uh, likes to show off their knowledge, likes to make everybody know how smart they are and how much they know about things. People who use large words like pendactic. (laughs) 
And that happens, it doesn't just happen out there. It doesn't just happen, you know, in school. It happens in the church at times. Knowledge isn't always... Now, you need to know. It's important for you to know the Word of God. And it's important for it to, to shape and focus your lives. But, most, but oftentimes people learn just enough of the Word of God, not so that it can shape and focus their lives, but so that they can use it to support whatever it is they want to do or want to make you do. Mm. Another one people tend to look at is prosperity. Oh, somebody give me a... Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I mentioned Psalm 73, where it was talking about the wicked often appear to be prosperous. David was praying. He said, my feet almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from, from uh Excuse me, from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. And so pride is their necklace. And they clothe themselves with violence. They scoff. They speak with malice, with arrogance. They threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven. Their tongues take possession of the earth. And, gee, yeah. Let me go here. You know, there's been a lot of teaching in Christian circles that have basically kind of been, you know, if, if, you, if, if you got the favor of God on you, then you'll see it in the car that you drive. You'll see it in the clothes that you wear. You'll see it in the house that you own. Eh, fail, wrong. Jesus was serious when he said, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. He was absolutely serious about that. And he wasn't saying, well, when I come back, the Cubs will win the World Series, you know. Or he wasn't saying, when I come back, the, you know, the Yankees will start losing or anything like that. No, he was talking about the way the world looks at things is going to totally be flipped upside down. Totally flipped. You know, God cares as much, perhaps even more, in the eyes of heaven. I, uh, Christmas Carol, we'll, we'll be doing that again this year at Christmas, but uh, one of the one of the lines that I just love is when the ghost of Christmas present just nails Scrooge about, about Tiny Tim, and it says, it may be that in the eyes of heaven you are more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor man's child. Yeah. God cares as much about, about that one as he does the richest banker on Wall Street. I mean, he really does. And so having... Wealth, having ostent, ostentatious wealth. Is, see, that's, that's, I'm, that's me being pendantic. Uh, <laughs> but at least I have a sense of humor about it. Uh, having that is not necessarily an example that, you know, what God loves me more. See, that's not, that's not the, the prosperity that God wants to put into our lives. The prosperity that God wants to put into our lives is peace, joy. It says over in Proverbs that you know a rich man has to be worried about hanging on to his riches. Poor man doesn't, he goes to sleep. 
Doesn't have to worry about somebody coming in and robbing. Nothing from nothing leaves. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Exactly. And I'm not saying that means you got to be poor. No, I mean, God certainly pours out his, his blessings on, on people. But what I'm saying is the things that the world looks at and goes, that's prosperity, they don't know what they're talking about. God wants to bring real prosperity into our lives. And oftentimes we look at people and we go, man, they, they must have the spirit because they've got the car. Another is uh, outward appearance. I love this picture. This is, uh, this is one of those, uh, this, is, this, this picture was made back in the days when they'd get the family together and organize them all and get the camera there and go, okay, everybody frown. <laughs> Nobody's saying cheese there. <laughs> everybody say sauerkraut. But they're, you know, they're dressed up, they're, they're, they're spiffed up, they're looking right. You know, they got, they got the right appearance, they're coming across the right way. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, nothing wrong at all. And if, and if from somebody's heart you're going, man, I mean, we're a fairly casual church, okay? But you can wear whatever you want to wear here. I mean, you know, you can, you can wear, wear three-piece suits, you can wear a, not a bikini. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to fit, you know, there are some limits, okay? But, I mean, you can, you can dress very casually here, but if somebody comes and they're, and they're all spiffed up and from the bottom of their heart, it really is, you know, I love God so much and I just want to honor Him. I want to bring my best. And I, and it doesn't matter if anybody's going to look at me or see me or not. That's great. That is absolutely wonderful. But you can't look at somebody and know if, if the Spirit is operating in their lives. As a matter of fact, it says, it, it says over in Hebrews where it's talking about God's champions, God's heroes. It says they, were, they, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to go out and live in a hole in the ground to get the, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. But it does mean that there are people that we have a tendency to look at and go, uh, and God's going, oh, no, oh, no, that, that's... That's one of my chosen. Yeah. I'm, I'm at work there. Yeah. So it's not, it's not appearance. It's not knowledge. It's not prosperity. It's not appearance. And, and th this is the one that's a little, little tricky, but we've got we to gotta walk here anyway. It's not really supernatural manifestations. They're not necessarily evidence of the Spirit. Um, Matthew 24, 24. Jesus was asked about the signs of his coming. He says, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. 2 Thessalonians 2.9, Paul says, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. That's how Satan works. Revelation 13, 13, and 14, talking about the Antichrist and, and the prophet that goes before him. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of everyone. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. Now, the reason I said we have to kind of walk here is, look, guys, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, God, we, we serve a miracle-working God. There's no question about it. 
In fact, we have far more power at our disposal than we ever even think about trying to use. We really do. And, I, and I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about miracles. I'm talking about receiving words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy. I mean, there's far more He would love to give us than we utilize, for sure. But that, those manifestations are not what we're supposed to take as our marker to go, that's who we follow, and that's what we're seeking after. See, there's a reason why God doesn't do the big stuff a lot. Now he, he, I mean, he, does, he does big stuff. We've had people healed, some pretty... Pretty good stuff here. I, I, that's, that's the wrong word. It's not good stuff. It's bad stuff. But we've had, had people heal some, uh, some significant things here in, in, in the last few months, and, and that's been ongoing. Uh, words of knowledge and words of wisdom that clearly were from the Lord. I've seen, heard, and seen in action this very week. Uh, and so, you know, those things are real. M miracles are absolutely real. But... Uh, but there's a reason why he doesn't do the big stuff all the time. You know why he's not always parting the Red Sea and bringing water out of the rock and sending chariots of fire down from heaven or anything like that. The reason is because if he did that a lot, it would take us about that long to start worshiping those things. To start going after those things. And you say, oh, no, no. Look at the Bible. That, that's exactly what what happened to Israel over and over and over? They would begin to worship those things. They would begin to go after those things and seek those things. I mean, if, if God were raising the dead all the time at all the Christian funerals, the Christian funerals would be packed, but people wouldn't be there seeking God. They'd be there wanting to see something cool. That's exactly what would happen. And when the cool stops, they go. Because that's the only reason that they're there. Jesus fed the 5,000, and wow, he had 5,000. The next day, when they came to him, he said, do, do another one. Yeah. He said, uh, no, instead, let me give you some words about how to live forever. Oh, we don't want that. We're out of here. And that's, that's, that's exactly how it worked. So we have to, be, have to be careful with this, especially as we approach the last days. Because if the Bible is clear about anything, it's as the last days approach... There's going to be some powerful stuff happen to deceive. So can we balance this? Can, can we go, okay, we don't just go running after anything, but we also understand that if I need a miracle, God can do a miracle. If I need a healing, God can do a healing. If I need, if I need wisdom and provision, God can do those things. I, I think all of y'all look smart enough to be able to process that, yeah. be able to put it in... Well, at least one of you agrees with me, too. So. Okay. Fruit takes time. Takes time. Probably my, my favorite book title is a, uh, a book by Eugene Peterson called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And he wrote it 30 years ago basically to counteract the, the culture of the instant culture. We need it now. It's got to happen now. And it's more true today, obviously, than it was 30 years ago. Because 30 years ago, we didn't have 
cell phones. We didn't have instant messaging, Instagram. We didn't have digital photography. There's a bunch of stuff that we didn't have 30 years ago. I mean, 30 years ago, it was, we, lived in the, we lived in caves, and we <laughs> cooked over open fires. And <laughs> Yeah. That's, the people who are laughing are the ones who remember it. Long obedience in the same direction is his study of the Psalms of Ascent. Those were the Psalms that the, the pilgrims going up to Jerusalem would, would, uh, would recite re, re, and, and quote there, Psalm 120 through 134. And, and then he, he goes into a, a study of, of the Christian growth and worship and service, joy, work, happiness, humility, community, blessing. These things take time. Back in 1981, about 30 years ago, uh, Margaret and I uh, stepped down from working with the youth. We'd been doing that for quite some time, and, and then the Lord removed a couple of other things, and we had some room to breathe in our lives, and after a couple of months, we started a, a Bible study at, at our home, and um, a bunch of young adults started coming to it, and I'll never forget this one guy who came uh, actually, he came twice, but it was only on one night, and, and he came, he came, um, and it was pretty clear, I mean, you know, it was, it was a Bible study, it was fairly interactive, people were, were talking about things, and it, it was pretty clear that this was all very new to him, and he really didn't, kind of felt out of his depth, and you could tell that he also felt uncomfortable, because he wasn't the kind of guy who was used to feeling out of his depth. And he was there with a, with a really, I, I believe the word today would be hot, uh, a young lady uh, who, who, who came to our Bible study. Uh, and back, back in those days, it was, she was good looking, but that's so pedestrian. And, uh, and you know, I, he, he left, they left, uh, and about an hour later, he comes back, and he's knocking on the door, and, and he basically was, was wanting me to tell him, how do I get there fast? Uh, talking about what you guys got. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want that. And how, do I, how can I get there quickly? And I'm, and I'm thinking, you just, you're just, you just want that girl, don't you? <laughs> and that was, you know, I mean, I've, I've been, I hadn't been saved all that long myself. I knew what was going on in, inside of his head there. And, uh, and I went, you can't. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. You start out here, and it doesn't matter how many degrees you've got or how much money you've got or how hot your job is, you know, you start out here. And then you have to take a step and a step and a step and a step. And we must have talked for 45 minutes, and somehow or another that just didn't register with him. And so I never actually saw him again by God's grace maybe he did plug in somewhere sometime later on but there are no shortcuts it, it takes time it takes time fruit takes time and fruit can only be produced as a plant matures the plant doesn't start out producing fruit it starts out growing roots growing branches getting some leaves out there, let's get a little photosynthesis happening here, going on in our, in our, in our root system and, and things, and let's grow some bark and protect things. There. And then, as it matures, 
fruit begins to be seen. And it's the same thing that happens in our lives. And beyond that, much of what is required to produce fruit takes place out of sight. It's invisible. Nobody else sees it. If you, if you want to be in the limelight, God will have to kill that before he can produce fruit. And now people are wired differently. Some people don't want to be in the wire, limelight. You know, some people are kind of wired to, to be in, in the limelight. But if you want to be in the limelight, God's got to kill that. He's got to crush that so that he can begin to produce fruit. And, and, and by the same token, you know, if he's really going to produce this fruit, if you don't want to be in the limelight, he'd probably have to kill that too. Bring you out a little bit. You know, so that you kind of go, okay, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I have peace in my heart right now. Yes, I do. That's the way that he works it out in our lives. When Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, um, miracle stuff, I mean, big light from heaven comes down so bright it knocks him off of his, his ride and, and he's, See, he hears Jesus, he wakes up, he gets up blind. Three days later, he's prayed over and miraculously healed and commissioned and told, I'm commissioning you to send you to the Gentiles. And so he goes out and begins to minister to the Jews in Damascus. And he is successful. No one can, no one can, can argue with, no one can stand against his arguments. And it would have been very easy, and, it, and in the flesh, it would be extremely easy to go, oh, I got it. <laughs> I got this one. Yeah. But that's not what happened to him. God orchestrated some things in his life. In his particular case, he had to instigate some people to try and kill him. That, that helped Paul go to the right place. Hopefully, it doesn't get that drastic in our lives. But time, sometimes he will orchestrate events and things to move us in the right direction. And in Paul's case, it was, you need to go away and disappear for about 14 years. And 14 years later, when he emerges again, it's in Antioch among, guess what? Gentiles, <laughs> who God had originally called him to in the first place. And now he's ready. Now he's prepared. There, there, there are things you have to be you have to understand that the fruit of the Spirit may manifest itself publicly at times, but it's produced when nobody else is there. It's produced when the things are going on in your life that nobody else sees. It's just you and God, your Bible, your worship tape, your whatever it is that you do to connect with God on a regular basis and then these things begin to be produced in our lives as we mature i mean moses backside of the desert for 40 years david for uh, david with the I mean, <laughs> okay you know eight eight sons that's a bunch of kids okay but imagine that you're one of eight kids and your dad forgets about you forgets you exist you know, Samuel comes to town and says, I'm going to anoint one of your sons to be king. And Jesse parades all of his other seven sons in front of Samuel. And then Samuel goes, you, do you have any more? 
you know, and Jesse's finally going, oh, yeah, yeah, there's the one that tends the sheep. Somebody go get him. What's his name? David. <laughs> just out there singing to the Lord, just out there learning how to take care of others, just out there laying down his life to defend others. Pretty good material to make a king out of. Oftentimes, what has to happen happens invisibly in our lives. Even Jesus didn't start his public ministry until he was 30. Yeah. What, well, what happened during those other years? Well, we know a couple of things. You know, he stayed at the temple that time and then went home and was obedient to his parents. And um, that's all we know because that's all God wanted us to know. The rest of it's invisible to us. God's activity is required in our lives. We can't, you, you know, you can't go peace. Doesn't work that way. Just doesn't happen. God's got to make this happen. He's, he's got to get involved. It says over in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, 3 7 neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only god who makes things grow yeah we need to we need to break some soil up we need to, to plant some seeds we we can do some watering but unless god breathes on it and says live nothing's coming out of the ground he's the only one who can make that happen he does make it happen and the results are sometimes just absolutely mind-boggling, just startling. Uh, I really enjoyed Friday night uh, here, Kurt's thing. How, how many of you were at that? Okay, yeah, you heard that, didn't you? And that, and that's that's kind of that's kind of how it was. It was terrific. It really was, and uh, we had a different kind of dance ensemble sort of down front from what from what we normally have and um, you know it's it it great I, we had we had the narrow door which did their their first thing and and sang time after time to kurt and it was nice and then, and then the overflow got up and did whatever it is they do you know and they say y'all come on down here now you know i don't know how they do it because when I get up and go, y'all come, you know, <laughs> most of you don't. But when they get up, y'all come on down here now. You, you're needed. Now they, they come down. I think it's just the crowd that they got or something. But it was, it was great. And then, and, then, uh, and then the get-togethers come out and they're, oh, they got Kurt up doing a rap thing. At least I think that's what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, I know he was doing like this whatever that means <laughs> and uh and and then and then the get-togethers came out here and and, and they're I, I like them <laughs> they're, they're a good man and uh and then they 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 got the overflow out with them and then they did that uh that that last song you know where they're shaking their heads and things <laughs> stuff it was terrific and I, and on that last song i was standing in the back by isaac and i remember turning to him and just going Man, I wish Grandpa were here. 
Now, those of you who don't know, that's my dad. He died at 92, four years ago, five years ago, some, somewhere around in there. But I did. I wished he was here to, to see this. Now, let me tell you, when my dad was 40 or 50, if he had seen this, he'd turn around and be right at that building. <laughs> but when he was 90 and seeing this, he'd be going, God bless them. Y'all do it. Just do it. God bless y'all. <laughs> yes. Bruce Coble. Bruce Coble, but right before we met Bruce, uh, probably a couple of years before is when he got saved. And, and at that point in time, he was, he was a, a service writer at Beeman Pontiac in Nashville. I don't think that's even Pontiac now. I think it's Toyota or something. But he was a service writer at an auto dealership and didn't know the Lord. Can you imagine being that Bruce Coble and thinking, what are these days? I'll be sitting on a platform in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. And... And, and, uh, and, a, and a man that I don't even know, that I've never met, will be getting up and telling everybody how, how much, what a legend this man is in our country. How much we honor him. How much we respect him. We have heard about him. This is the first time I got to see him. You know, wow, can you... That's what happens when you let God produce fruit in your life. Now, I don't know what he wants to do with you. I mean, he, I don't know if he wants you to start a church or if he wants you to uh, lead people on the mission field or, you know, if he just wants you to be a, a, a faithful husband, a faithful wife, a, a good mother, a good father, a, 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 a consistent testimony to those at your work. I mean, that's, that's important too. But I do know that he wants to produce in your life Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Anybody need any of this? Anybody like to have some of this stuff? You don't get it by trying to get it. You get it by going after the Holy Spirit. And then allowing him time to work in your life. Allowing him time. Would you stand with me? Those who are going to uh, pray with people, come down front. The elders and their wives and staff. And if you're here today and you need prayer, we believe in a God who does miracles. Sometimes the miracle is just simply open the veil so I can see where I need to be going. So it can be wisdom, knowledge, physical healing. Um, maybe you're just going through a rough season in your life. How about this? How about ask God to take care of it and do it for you? And, and maybe get someone to pray with you to help you get a hold of God. If you're here and you don't know Christ, we'd love to introduce you to him. It's very simple. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
That's, that's where it all starts. Say, well, I don't know if I'm ready to change or not. No, well, don't change. Just come give your life to Jesus. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. We're going to worship for a few moments. And, and uh, if you need to come, you come. If you don't need to come, worship. Create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit. I see your face in every sunrise The colors of the morning are inside your eyes The world awakens in the light of the day I look up to the sky and say You're beautiful Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
He sent his son into the world so that the process might be reversed, so that the fall might be changed to a process of glory to glory to glory. May the, may the power of the Holy Spirit work in your life so that the love and the joy and the peace and all of the fruits that he brings with him is manifest to those around you and they see how beautiful your Savior is. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Don't forget uh, financial peace, first families, and uh, the gate. God bless you.